great to see you in person and hello to everyone online. I hope you had as good conversations um, about this really interesting topic, uh, leadership. Uh, we were kind of talking about communication, um, thinking as well, me and Ling are music students, thinking about communication in a music leading context. Is it easier when people are easier to follow um, or if they make things unclear, it can be really annoying. Anyway, so um, today's passage is John uh, chapter 10, uh, verses 11 to 31. Before we begin, join with me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this time we have uh, to read your word, to hear it preached. Um, Lord, please soften our hearts um, and teach us from your word today um, of how you are the good shepherd of our souls. Lord, I pray for Pastor Matt. Uh, please help him as he preaches to preach from your word with faithfulness and humility. Um, yeah, and help us to listen well. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he's demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. None, no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Again the Jews picked up stones to stone him. This is the word of the Lord. All right, well, good morning again, everyone. Keep your Bibles open to uh, that part of the, the Bible there in John chapter 10. We're going to be having a look at that now. Now, 
Uh, I don't know what you were discussing when you're discussing what makes a good leader. Uh, down the back there, you know, someone raised the question. I mean, what do you think about our national leader, Scott Morrison? Now, hey, I don't know with everything going on whether you realise this, but there is actually shortly going to be an election sometime, probably in the first half of this year. Uh, the Prime Minister only has to sign the deed and, and there will be the election that is due this year. Now, uh, of course, what happens as soon as uh, everyone goes on the campaign trail, you'll hear non-stop things about uh, from uh, Scott Morrison, the leader of the Liberal Party and our current Prime Minister, uh, Anthony Albanese, the leader of the Australian Labor Party, and you'll hear from a whole bunch of other politicians as well. Now, you don't actually vote for Scott, you don't vote for Anthony uh, Albanese, but, uh, of course, who the leader is plays a huge role in how people vote, isn't it? And someone asked the question now, do you think Scott Morrison is a good leader? Now that's the question, isn't it? A question that you'll be asking yourselves as you think about voting, a question that you'll be seeing posed in the media, and ultimately a big part of that comes, comes down to, well, who do you trust? Who do you think will take the best care of Australia, of the world, of you and me? Now, the thing is, I mean, politics aside, I reckon actually everyone follows someone, right? I mean, everyone's, uh, we like to think of ourselves maybe as independent, we follow our own instincts, we make our own decisions, but no one runs life in a vacuum. There's always someone else's ideas or someone else influencing us. Uh, you know, maybe it's a social media star, an influencer, you know, they're called for that for a reason. The reason they're always calling us to click and subscribe and follow Maybe amongst a group like this of youngish uh, people, you know, your parents probably played an influential role for you. And, uh, you know, there's no coincidence that I followed my dad into medicine, at least for a period of time. So who do you follow? Who are your influences? What does it mean when we say as Christians we follow Jesus? Now we're going to be looking at that passage that we had read out earlier where Jesus presents a reason why he is worth following and the reason why he ought to be actually both our greatest leader and our greatest influence in our lives. So in the second part of this mini-series on I Am, we'll be looking at Jesus' statement about being the good shepherd. Now I've realised I've just left my little clicker down there. Jane, you aren't grabbing that for me. Thank you. All right, so in your Bibles, just jump down to verse 11 there. That's verse 11. Okay. We'll try and catch up on here. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Right, so Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. What does he mean by that? Well, he says something about it. He says he lays down his life for the sheep. And the contrast he makes is against the hired hand. A hired hand, he actually doesn't doesn't really care that much for the sheep. He doesn't own the sheep per se, right? See, um, how many of you would die for your job, right? You know, a guy uh, walks in and you're working at, let's just say, you're working at KFC. And he he hand, pulls out the knife and says, hey, hand over the till. Give me all the money that you got there. What do you do? 
You're going to resist. You're going to be the hero. You're going to fight this guy. You're going to protect your fried chicken. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. No, you just give him the till. You don't, you don't care. You don't own it. You're so on high there. You've got a job to do, right? Uh, you don't want your grave to say, hey, I died defending the chicken. That's, that's not you. That's not anyone, I don't think. Now, flip the situation around. Now, someone pulls a knife against your spouse, your parents, your children. Might you do something a little bit more active there? Might you risk your life in that situation? What would you do? I mean, I actually remember a time at the supermarket. Uh, Bonnie was heavily pregnant at the time. And uh, a particularly rude man, he literally rammed into her with a trolley full of groceries. And he got angry that she was in the way, a heavily pregnant woman. Now, I'm not a violent man. I've never been in a fight before. But I tell you, at that moment... I was ready to pull out fists. You know, I would have taken him on. If there was a situation that uh, required me defending my pregnant wife, I would have gotten in there. Now, thank God it didn't come to that, but there is something, there's a difference about when you really own that situation, you own and you care for and you love the people involved, or you're willing to lay down your life. So when Jesus says, hey, I'm the good shepherd, I would lay down my life for the flock, Well, that's the kind of guy that you want to lead, isn't it? That's the kind of guy that you want to be your leader. Someone so committed, they would lay down their life for you. Now, this is early on in the Gospels. We know Jesus does that. He goes to the cross. He lays down his life for the sake of others. He takes the bullet. He takes the wrath for our sin. He takes it upon himself to save the flock. But for Jesus... This isn't just a job, this isn't just something that you do once and then you ride off into the sunset, right? Like uh, so many movies are about the superheroes who come along, they fight the bad guy, they beat the bad guy, but they mostly just ride off into the sunset and the glory of their great victory, they, they don't hang around, right? The Avengers never hang around to kind of look after people, to, to, to govern and rule people, do they? They kind of want to go back to their ordinary lives again. Well, Jesus saves his people but he doesn't just ride off into the sunset. No, he stays and he protects and he loves the shepherds, the people that he saved. So he goes on, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You know, there's sort of a funny thing that happens with shepherds and their flocks. Uh, They actually tend to get to know their sheep really well. Like, they spend day and night with them. Uh, The shepherds have been known to give their sheep names. Uh, They talk to them, and the the sheep actually get used to the shepherd's voice. Now, it's sort of like, I mean, if you have a dog, does anyone have a dog here? Any dog owners? Yeah, a couple. You know, uh, you get to know your dog. You get to actually know that your dog has a personality. Uh, your dog knows your voice. When you call out to them, they know. They know to come running, right? And it's sort of the same thing with sheep and their, uh, the shepherd and their sheep. They know each other. There's a certain kind of relationship there. And I know it's sort of a weird thing, right? Because um, sheep, they're not like the most endearing kind of animal. <laughs> like dogs at least can be cute and puppies are adorable and all the rest. And yet Jesus says he loves them. He cares for his sheep. 
doesn't matter that they can be dumb and stupid sometimes. It doesn't matter that they're ugly and not particularly kind of attractive. Jesus loves and he cares for them. And Jesus makes an interesting point actually in that verse earlier because he actually said that there are other sheep that are not of the current flock. They're not of his pen yet. Now he's actually making the point that actually Jesus is going to go on. He's going to have a worldwide flock. Right? He's going to have people from every tribe and nation on earth. I mean, that's why that we can stand here in Australia in 2022, a uh, mixture of, uh, you know, Caucasian, Asian, subcontinental people sitting here and call ourselves part of Jesus' flock. Why? Because his flock is it's worldwide. So he not only has this worldwide flock of people, but yes, he knows them by name. He knows you and he knows me. Verse 17, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. See, I think a question that comes along then is, well, does Jesus really lay down his life? Well, does he have it taken from him? Well, actually, Jesus actually predicts that this is all going to happen. Actually, much earlier in his life, he says, well, the Father loves me and I lay down my life. Not only does he predict his death, he actually predicts his own resurrection. I'm going to take up my life again. And I do do this on my own authority, on my own accord, as he's received the command from his Father. See, his plan all the way along is to lay down his life for his sheep and then to, to, to rise again, to rise again. You see, the thing is that it would be really easy to kind of go, well, yeah, not much good a dead shepherd, is it? And he doesn't stay dead, does he? He rises again and, and he continues to shepherd his church. Now, that's his plan all the way along. Uh, not everyone responds to him in that way. In fact, verse 25, Jesus says this, Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, I think it's interesting that in this passage, actually, Jesus calls everyone sheep, right? Uh, You're a sheep whether you like it or not. Uh, The only difference is there are sheep that follow Jesus and there are sheep that follow other shepherds. And he asks the question, well, which shepherd do you belong to? So again, I'm not sure how you feel about sheep. Uh, sheep are not particularly uh, smart. They're not kind of high up in the pecking order in the animal world. Uh, sheep tend to just sort of follow the flock around blindly. In fact, they're famously herdable, right? Uh, now, again, I said before, like, we like to think of ourselves as being independent thinkers, right? I don't follow the flock. I think and make my own decisions and choices. You know, there was a really interesting study done a few years ago uh, that actually uh, one of the experiments they did is they would get a whole bunch of people in a room like this and then they would just say, hey, look, go and pick a corner to go to. In fact, go and find what you think is the best corner of the room and go there. Now, here's the thing that they did. They said they actually told a small portion of the crowd to say, hey, you guys all head to that direction. Let's say they go, you guys head over towards the the kingdom cart over there. 5% of people. 
that 5% of people were essentially able to influence almost everybody else that was in the room, right? You tell 5% of people to go and do something, everyone else starts looking at them kind of going, oh, that crowd seems to know what they're doing. They must know what's right. And almost everybody followed them. Isn't that interesting? I mean, humans acting just like sheep. So when Jesus talks about people being like sheep, I think he's actually doing that as some sort of a put-down to, to human beings, but actually it's a statement about our nature. We are sheep. We do follow. You know, we all like to think that we're independent thinkers, and yet just grab, grab the thing out in your pocket. What's a, what is that thing in your pocket that I, that I see there? Why is it that almost everybody here has a little black rectangle called a smartphone in your pocket? Again, see evidence that we are like sheep. And Jesus, he actually, as, as he puts himself forward as a good shepherd, he's saying, well, hey, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who would actually lay down my life for you. I'm not here to exploit you. I'm not here to take your money. The Pharisees and the leaders and the teachers of the people were the people that he was talking to. And, and, and in lots of ways, this is an accusation against them that they were leading the people astray. But hey, it gets me wondering, who is your shepherd? What are the voices and influences out there for you? St. Jesus' times very much the religious leaders. They were the ones who very much influenced the people around them. So I wonder how much influence you take from the Good Shepherd himself. How much time do you spend talking, listening to Jesus? Is this 25-minute Bible talk kind of all that you get from Jesus this week? If that's all there is, then you're probably getting a heck of a lot of other influences from elsewhere too, aren't you? Your blogs, vlogs, TV shows, magazines, who you follow on social media. Maybe it's a political commentator. Maybe you're shepherded by people who are fighting various social causes, perhaps. Or have you been listening to the word? Properly listening, you know? Taking notes, meditating, reading what other Christians have written about Jesus. Is your life full of good uh, sims, uh, hymns, spiritual songs, songs about Jesus. You see, you're always going to be shepherded by something or by someone. The only question is who or what. There is always a voice that you're listening to, whether you like to believe it or not. And Jesus says, well, his sheep listen to his voice. Verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. See, not only do we need to listen to Jesus and to know Jesus, you know what's actually more important than that? It's that Jesus knows us. That Jesus knows us. That he knows us that he loves us, that he'll never let us go. You see, when you're called by the Father, he says that he will hold you to the end. It's a thing that uh, some theologians, uh, we'll stick there, Uh, some theologians call the uh, perseverance of the saints. That is, for those who are saved in Jesus will persevere to the end and Jesus will take you to, 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 to heaven and be home with him forever. So that he chose you. That he loved you, that he died for you, 
and that he'll take you to the ultimate destination of eternal life with him and with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. Now, some of that can be kind of really big and they're big theological ideas, but I tell you what, I don't reckon that there's many more things that are more influential in a daily life than this truth. This is, this is something that just hits the road like nothing else, right? It affects your present reality. So that the good shepherd is tending over your life right now. Not only did he die, remember, not only did he die on the cross for you, but he has risen, he has, he has taken his life up again, that he oversees your life every single day. You see, you, you know, he's a bit like the, the jigsaw puzzle creator. He knows where every single piece fits in your life. See, maybe there's stuff that's going on for you right now that's actually really hard for you. And you're not quite sure how all the pieces fit together. But there is one who does know how it all fits together. Maybe the challenges right now that are going on for you. Maybe you're at home isolating. You're kind of, you know, sick and tired of being stuck at home because you're close contact and you've got COVID. Maybe there's struggles in relationships, in your marriage, whatever it is. Yes, there is one who understands that struggle and one who cares one who is shepherding you through it right now. There's a very famous psalm about, uh, about the role that uh, God plays as our shepherd. It goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley... I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you see that there's an all-knowing, all-loving shepherd who's caring for your soul right now? I mean, what have you to fear? Do you fear failure? Do you fear the loss of your reputation? Do you fear death? Well, heck, even if your life is a total mess right now, Jesus says, keep walking with me. Keep following with me. I will lead you to green waters, to green pastures. I will lead you home. You know, I reckon that means that uh, we've got a sure future, right? We have a shepherd who lets no one perish. He lets no one perish. There's going to be a day when Jesus calls all of his sheep out from his pen, out to the pastures. He's going to call all of his sheep out from their graves. There's going to be one mighty reunion party. Yes, all those friends, those family who have died in Christ will come and reunite together again. We're going to reunite with those friends of times gone by, maybe friends who are part of this church who've moved on to other places, overseas, wherever. And there's going to be so much catching up, so much storytelling about what life has involved walking with Jesus. And you're going to be surprised by people that you didn't even think were going to be there. And you might be surprised that at some point, somewhere down the track, they got saved. And there's going to be a point where Jesus will shake your hand, embrace you, and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come in, enjoy the eternal pasture. The banquet's ready. It's just over there. You see, we're here and we're just getting to know you. But you know what? We are all together part of the eternal family. And you know, you're just getting to know us. And you know, there's actually a part of our story that I'd like to share with you because it's actually a big part of our our recent uh, history of our time in Brisbane over the last few years. We've actually got another daughter. 
Uh, her name's Brianna. She doesn't live with us anymore. Uh, she was born with, uh, with a body that was, it was just actually incompatible with life. And so she actually died shortly after birth. Now, she's not lost, though. She's not lost. In fact, she's in the hands of a very good and faithful shepherd, Jesus. In fact, I remember her funeral. In fact, we actually sung that song song we sung before, It Is Well With My Soul. In fact, I actually can't listen to that song without getting a little bit emotional because it takes me back there to that moment, the moment where Jesus, the one who dies and he defeats death and he rises again, I don't think there's any, been any moment in our life where I've really felt that, that presence, that understanding of what that resurrection means. To actually know that we've got a daughter who is waiting in heaven for us. In so many ways, we actually can't wait to, to meet her properly. So is that not a day to look forward to? Is that not a leader worth following? Because Jesus, the great I am, the good shepherd, The one who lets none of his sheep perish is the one who is guiding us all home. And friends, that's why Jesus is worth following. More than any other political party leader, TV show, social media influencer, that's why we sit here every week and we open the word and we listen to his voice. And I hope that this year will be one in which the shepherd's voice will be the loudest and the clearest and the most important voice in your life. And that you will follow him through thick and thin, to know that you will one day lie down in green pastures when you have passed through all the storms of life, through the darkest valleys, that he will take us home and you will find refreshment and comfort in him, even in the face of death. And see, I don't know what kinds of challenges that we're going to face this year. I don't know whether this is going to be another year that's kind of just a bit awful and, and, and wrecked by this virus. But in some ways, it doesn't matter because we know that there's someone there who is over us, a shepherd pastoring us through the worst of storms. You know, I reckon that presents a certain challenge for us as well because I know for a fact that there are some people here who have not yet done proper business with Jesus and he is not your shepherd. John says that, hey, whoever believes in the Son shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the eternal life that he's talking about. This is the future that is there waiting for us. This is the present that he shepherds us through. And maybe you feel like you're not a good enough person, that you're not good enough, you're not clean enough, you're not moral enough. That's the point. Jesus is the one who lays down his life so that you don't have to be a good person, you don't have to be clean, you don't have to be a moral person. And even if you have wandered away, having once followed Jesus, he calls us to return. He calls us because he loves us. And like the prodigal son, he'll come racing down the driveway to welcome you. He laid down his life for broken people like you and me, and he wants to take us home too. Let's pray together, church. Heavenly Father, what a great shepherd that you have sent us in Jesus. A good shepherd. He owns his sheep. He loves his sheep. He lays down his life for his sheep. And Father, for those of us who are not yet part of his flock, Father, we pray that they will see the great opportunity before them to know the good shepherd 
to know the shepherd who will shepherd us through life, through death, and onto the green pastures of eternal life with you forever. And Father, we pray that this year might be a year in which we hear and we know our shepherd's voice. Above all the other shepherds and the other voices and the other distractions of this life, might we know him, know him for the good shepherd that he is, might we follow him, and indeed might we trust him to take us home to be with you forever. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pop.